Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. I don't think there's anything more exciting than to have God answer your prayers. To have God move on your behalf for a certain situation and supernaturally his power is released and God um, changes the circumstance, moves in, um, and does something just supernatural. And, you know, at times when God answers our prayers, it's startling. It's like, really? And I, uh, I was so blessed by a story of someone here in our church that was actually touched mildly by the Lord about a month ago to where they didn't even have to go and have surgery um, for their tonsils. And... Their heart, her heart was so impacted that she started going out into the city and just praying for everybody. And so she was with a friend. She said, you know, I just feel led. I'm supposed to go into Starbucks because there's someone there I'm supposed to pray with. And so, so he said, oh, okay, okay. So they, they go into Starbucks, and she starts praying with a, a few people. And, and then she comes up to this one man, and um, she says, you know, can I pray for you? Is there something in your life that I can pray for? He says, yeah. He says, oh, my back is so bad. And he was sitting down in a chair. He said, I was under a crawl space, and I, I, I kind of, you know, strained my back, and I can't hardly even move. I'm in such pain. She says, well, can I pray for you? He said, well, sure. So she anoints him with oil, and, uh, and she starts praying for him. And then all of a sudden, he, he, he stands up and she says, well, how, how you feel? She, he said, I feel good. She said, good? Like, like, is the pain gone? And he said, the pain is all gone. And then she said, really? <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? That is so childlike, you know? I mean, we should never get so comfortable when God shows up and answers our prayers. There's an aspect where our hearts are always to be thrilled with what God is doing in people's lives, that we actually get to participate in, a, in a, actually a, a, a supernatural moment where God is moving mightily. But would it be helpful for you to know that there are two requirements in Scripture that there are two requirements that the Lord has laid out that will enable you to have your prayers answered. Would you want to know that? Would you want to know what that is? Okay. I want you to look at it with me. Let's turn to John 15, verse 1. These are the two requirements for answered prayer. Answered prayer. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know, when I first read that verse, I thought to myself, you know, that sounds a little harsh from the outset to say if anyone does not bear fruit, that he takes them away. Well, actually, that's not, um, it's not communicated, I think, accurately. What that really says in the original text is that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. He lifts up. What that means is I, I have um, great grapevines in my backyard. And when the, um, 
when the branches out get really long and they get full of fruit or if they're full of leaves, the branches can begin to fall. They get on the ground, uh, the weeds get on them, the bugs get on them, and the branches need to be lifted up and tied back up to the trestle so that the fruit might, might begin to come forth in each of the branches that you have in your, in your grapevine. So literally, the, the vine dresser, the father, is looking for those branches that need to be propped up, lifted up, so that they might produce fruit for the kingdom. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You were already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus is speaking this to his disciples that my words that I have spoken to you, you were already clean. And he says, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. In verse 7, here's the key. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This one verse contains and explains two requirements for answered prayer. And the first is this, if you abide in me. What this means is to continue in Jesus. It means to remain in his perfect will at all cost. To lay hold, to remain, to stay in what God has called you to do, even if it's not easy. You know, sometimes the will of God, we, we think, well, when I discover the will of God, things are going to be easier for me. Well, I got some good, well, news for you. Even in the will of God, things can be challenging. Even in the will of God, things can have hardship. There can be difficulties. There can be setbacks. But the truth is that in the will of God, there will be adversity, but in that, he will see you through it, and you will come through it stronger, and you will come through it more uh, understanding and actually dependent on what the Lord is doing in and through your life. So in that, even though it's challenging in the will of God, it's not something that we're to check out of, that we're just to give up on, that we're to, to well, it's just not worth it. I don't really want to be involved in this anymore. The aspect is, is that the will of God can actually be cha challenging. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus spoke to his disciples. And he said to them, remain here and watch. And then he took Peter and the sons of Zebedee, and he pulled them away with him. And then he went a stone's throw away from Peter and, and the two sons of Zebedee. And the Lord began to pray, and it was a serious time where he was very distressed. And he was, he was um, asking the Lord about the cup, that if he were to drink the cup, that it be potentially removed from him. But in that moment, it was a time in which 
the will of the Lord for the disciples was to remain here and keep watching and keep praying. He comes back, and what happens? They're sleeping. He said, keep watching, keep praying, because the flesh is weak. So that you not, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he goes away a second time, comes back. What happened? They're sleeping. He says, can't you at least pray for one hour? The will of God for that moment for his disciples was stay alert. This is a very serious time. I need you to be watching vigilantly, praying. This is a time in which the Lord Jesus is asking his disciples to keep watching and praying for him. He was very vulnerable. It was a moment in which he was, he was agonizing over that moment of realizing that the will of the Father was to drink the cup, such that he was sweating blood. This moment was a time in which God had laid out, listen, I really need you guys to do what I'm saying. But at that moment, they weren't able to. Many years ago, back in Urbana, a missions conference in Illinois, Urbana 84, Billy Graham was speaking at a missions conference. And it was, I was so impacted by this conference of, of people coming together and missionaries were being sent all over the world. And so I, I was just like so touched by this moment. I felt like the will of the Lord was for me to go to Africa, to go on the mission field. I, I just felt like I wanted to go to Africa. And so I was telling everybody, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be a missionary. And, and then one day, um, I, got a, I got this sister uh, of mine, a friend of mine. Um, she wrote me a letter. She said, I've been interceding and praying for you, and I feel like that this is what the Lord said to me. She didn't even know what I was desiring in my heart. And the Lord said to me that, that, um, that the forest... That the campus of many today is as dark as the forest of Africa. I've called you to finish your education and get your degree, so stay home. And she didn't even know. And my heart was just, well, it was greed at one point, but it was realigned to realize that the will of the Lord for my life at that moment was not to go to Africa as a missionary, but it was to complete and stay in camp, on the campus and to complete my degree there at uh, UNC Wonderful. So in that, because I had dropped out for two years, and, uh, and well, actually it was my second time that I dropped out, so the Lord wanted me to complete this work that he had started in me. But the will of God was for me to go to school at that, at that time. And so in that, it is something in which when we know the will of the Lord for our life, we are to remain in it at all cost. We're to stay in it being faithful unto the Lord. So let's look at Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Turn with me there. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In this verse, there's three aspects of it I want to highlight. First, we're to present our bodies. God must be in control of the whole man. God must be in control of your whole life. Your life is His. You are presenting your life to the Lord Jesus Christ to flow through you, to move in you, and to touch everyone around you. So we are voluntarily surrendering our will over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we're remembering the scripture in Matthew that says, whoever wishes to save his life will what? Lose it. He, whoever loses his life for his sake will find it. So we are voluntarily surrendering our will over to the Lord. The whole man is to be redeemed on the cross and is sanctified, and we are set apart for the service and the ministry of Jesus. The second aspect of this verse is that we're to present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. You know, and this is really demonstrated in the Apostle Paul's life. Because, see, he knew he was to go to Rome. He knew he was going to go to Rome, and he was going to suffer in Rome. So even though it was God's will for him to go to Rome, he knew that he was going to suffer at the hand of man. And Ephesians 3, verse 1 says this, This reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you, Gentiles. See, these words Paul spoke from a prison cell. And he's realizing, he's not saying, I'm a prisoner of Rome. He's saying, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul realized that being in prison was the perfect will of God for his life at that moment. That's where God wanted him. Because as he was in chains, the gospel was exploding throughout all the earth. People were, were strengthened, were filled with holy boldness, and because of his imprisonment, people were standing up and rising up and preaching the gospel throughout all the world. So this was the will of God for him to be a prisoner in Rome. And thirdly, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's Word has the ability to recalibrate your mind to understand the will of God for your life. And it's important that we're in the Word daily so that we understand and know the will of God for each of our lives. You know, John Brevere, he shares a, a, a wonderful story in his new book called Good or God. And... He shares a story how God's word is, is a means to recalibrate our minds to understand the will of God. And uh, in chemical plants, they have to use these gas detectors in each of the rooms. And actually, by federal regulation, you're supposed to have gas detectors in each of the rooms in chemical plants. And uh, in that, these... Um, 
these detectors, what they'll do is they'll pick up if there's any uh, gas or any elements in the environment that actually could be very, very uh, dangerous and also cause death in people's lives. And by law, each of these chemical detectors in each of the rooms have to be recalibrated every day. And what they do is they take these little, these chemical detectors and they take them into what is called a clean room. And in the clean room, what they do is they, they clean off the sensors on the detectors and they recalibrate it back to zero and then they put the detectors back in the rooms to detect any gas. Our heart is the sensor for our lives. The world is what can bring corruption into our lives. What recalibrates us to understand what God's will is, is His Word. And in His Word, we understand as we go into the world, which can bring corruption, in that we will learn to know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But in that, it says that as we go into the world, we will prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But it's in his word that we get recalibrated to know what the Lord is saying for each of our lives. So the first requirement in understanding and having your prayers answered is first to remain in his perfect will for your life. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. That for your answered prayer is that his word abides in you. It lives within you. God's word is to become a vital aspect of our lives. We are to be governed by his word daily. Every decision that we make is to be is to be tuned in to what is God saying for me in this situation. But not only are we to allow it to govern our lives, but we are to obey what it says. We're not just to give lip service to the Word of God. We're not just to say, yeah, I, I know what God's Word says. But actually, we are to obey His Word. Obedience to His Word demonstrates that you love Him. It shows your heart of love for Him. So in that, our hearts are coming aligned with what His Word is, what it says, and we're not going by what we feel. We're going by what He says. It's not who's right. I have a friend, it's a great old saying, he says, it's not who's right, it's what's right. It's what's God's Word say in this situation for your life. And so in that, we're able to understand and know exactly what the mind of the Lord is for our life, that we might prove what the will of God is for each of our lives in every situation. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God 
the Father. Meet these two requirements. Abide in me, and my words abide in you, and your prayers will be answered. Jesus is laying out the roadmap that helps us to see that God will answer our prayers when we are aligned. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to have these really incredible anointed prayers. When your life lines up with what God says, meeting these requirements, a childlike faith, you will see mountains move. You will see things happen that are absolutely incredible. You know, I love what Reese Howe during the Welsh revival said uh, when the Lord began to teach him about John 15, abiding. One day in one of the revival meetings, he was walking past a group of ladies and, and they were all um, intoxicated and very loud. And they were um, letting their voices be made known and they were yelling out. And as, as Reese Howell walked by these ladies, one of them said, Where's the power to change these people? And it was almost like in his spirit, he was challenged. It was like, okay, game on. We will see whose power is available. And so he went home and he said, Lord, I, I just, I, I need you to show me what to do. And at that moment, the Lord spoke to him and said, this isn't going to be like, how you've won people in the past to the Lord. Because he picked out the ringleader, and so he knew he was focusing on, so he was going to begin to evangelize and go after her and win her to the Lord. And the Lord said, no, that's not how you're going to do it. He said, you're not going to use your influence. You're not going to use people that you know to bring her to me. But he said, you're going to influence her as you abide in me and bring her before the throne of grace. And I'm going to show her my power. So it was game on. So in that, he was realizing that he needed to depend on, on abiding in the Lord. And in this verse, he makes it really clear that, that the condition of seeing answered prayer is in the abiding in his presence. So the way he began to do this is he began to set time aside each day about an hour and he just began to abide in the Lord's presence and he just began to bring this one lady before the throne room of grace. And each day he began to intercede for her heart and began to pray for her soul that she would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In his spirit, at times he said he could experience the battle that was going on in the heavenlies over this woman's life. And then one day, he had the assurance of knowing that the battle had been won. And he knew the victory was at hand. And he knew that the enemy had been brought down low. And that the Holy Spirit had showed himself stronger um, on behalf of this woman in her life. And at Christmas morning, because he had said by Christmas morning, Lord, I'm believing that she's going to be saved. Well, on Christmas morning, during the service, who came walking in but the ringleader, this lady that was being antagonistic 
and was yelling out at him at one time, where is the power of God? There was a lot of people in the church. There was a lot of children at the time. And there was a lot of noise. And in, in some ways, it wasn't the perfect environment, I guess, for someone to come to know the Lord. But in the middle of the service, this woman got up from her chair and came up to the front of the altar and got on her knees and began to cry out for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to save her. Reese gained authority in the spirit as he abided in the presence of God. And in that, the Lord won the victory in bringing this woman to the throne room where she was saved and blood-bought forevermore. Abiding in him is one of the most powerful tools to having your, your prayers answered. But you know, the way that the Lord answers our prayers is going to be different for everybody. Um, sometimes it's immediate. When Peter's out on the water, he cries out, he's sinking. He said, Lord, save me! And instantly the Lord saves him. So the Lord's answer to our prayer at times can be immediate. Other times it can be delayed. When Lazarus was dead and in the tomb for four days, at that time the Jews believed that a spirit, of, uh, a man's spirit stayed with the body for three days. So what does Jesus do? He waits for the fourth day. He delays. He's going to prove that he is Lord over death. So in that, on the fourth day, he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. The sisters at that moment were so taken back by it because they were just saying just a few minutes before, Lord, if you had not delayed, he would have, he would have lived. But it was the Lord's purpose to delay in answering the prayer. But the Lord answered it. Thirdly, there's times in which the Lord is going to answer no. Very clearly, no. I, 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 for so long, when I first moved to the mountains in North Carolina, we were buying a home, I really wanted a trout stream in my backyard. I know, I, I know. It, my wife was looking for the perfect home, I was looking for the trout stream. And, and if it didn't have a trout stream, I'd say, that's not the house, that can't be God. I wanted a trout stream. I mean, I'm in the mountains. Where else would you? I mean, you, you got to have a trout stream. I wanted to stock it, too. I wanted to, you know, put trout in there, some big lunkers in there, you know, and I wanted to catch them. And, you know, I, I had these dreams. I was going to have a spring-fed, you know, go into this. Well, forget it. But bottom line is this. The Lord said to me, he said, you know what? This has nothing to do with you. It is all about her. I'm going to give her her heart's desire, and I'm going to give her a new home. He said, forget about your trusting. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he said, no. And sometimes the answer is different than what you expect. You pray for perseverance, and what does God do? He brings tribulation. Because he knows tribulation brings perseverance. 
There are times in which God's going to answer your prayer, but it might not come in the box that you think it should come in. (laughs) But God will answer your prayers. And he will show you his perfect will for your life. I am so excited in this year in seeing God touch and move in people's lives in powerful ways. The Lord has spoken over this church that this year he's getting ready to take the lid off of this church. There's not going to be a ceiling. He's taking the lid off of this church and we are going to see so many healings take place in our midst that people's lives are going to be transformed. And I believe and I'm expecting because it's the will of the Lord that we be healed. And so in that, as we stand in that, we are going to see him answer that in so many different ways. But I know that for my life to be aligned with God's perfect will is one of the requirements for prayers to be answered. It is my will, it is the will of the Lord for me to be here. Right here. Not somewhere else. Right here. And in that, I know that the blessings of God are going to be upon my life because I'm going to stay in the will of the Lord for my life. And then secondly, every decision that I come in contact with, every decision that I'm trying to make, everything that I'm trying to govern, I'm going to say, Lord, what does your word say about this situation? How should I handle it? And that's how I'm going to dictate every decision made. And in that, I know that I will have the request of that which I'm praying for. Is real. So, I'm so glad the Lord keeps it simple, aren't you? I'm glad it's not like we've got to figure it out and have all the mysteries of heaven be revealed to us. He just keeps it real simple. You know, abide in me, remain in me. <laughs> Stay in me. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for his goodness in showing that to us. So this year, I want us to enter into the victory that he's won on Calvary. He has won the victory, church. He's won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. He's already won the battle, and we just get to enter in to the glorious victory cry. And I believe this year we are going to see the dynamic and powerful God that we serve answer our prayer, and we're just going to be like this individual that I spoke of in the beginning of church. Then when God answers your prayer, you're going to say, Really? Your heart is going to come alive and filled with joy. Because in John 15, he lays it all out, and he says, the reason I'm telling you this is so that your heart will be filled with joy. That you'd be filled with joy for what I'm getting ready to do and enter your, your life. So let's choose this day, this year, to abide in him, and let's let his word abide in us. Amen? All right, let's stand. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.